Welcome to Catholic Views. I'm your host, Renee Kranz. On today's show, we are going to talk to Emily Leadham and Caitlin Belden. Both are from Catholic Family Services. We're going to talk about dealing with grief and loneliness during the holidays. So it's a really good conversation, very helpful tips. So I hope you'll join us for that. First, we have Dr. Chris Bergwald. Hello. Little Biblical Bites with Dr. B. We we are... We are decked out for Christmas. Decked out for Christmas. Yes, yes. It's a little bit before Christmas. I think this but... all goes away for the interview, though. So <laughs> It does kind of. I forgot yeah, about that. <laughs> I was not going to take it back down again. Sorry. We are wearing so, different clothes, too, so does it matter? <laughs> today, though, is... So today is the... Third Sunday of Advent, right? A.K.A. Godette. Did, did I do it right? Godette. Okay. You've got something with your Godette, like you like soften it. Anyway, close. Uh, close enough. I'm not Italian or uh, Latin or whatever. <laughs> Who's Latin? What? I'm not. I don't speak that, Latin. You speak, you speak Latin <laughs> like you're in Latin America, yeah. right? Oh, Godette. my gosh. There we go. Oh, Thanks, wow. Bill. That was yeah, great, Bill. Well. Thank you. Uh, Godette Sunday. Which, and this is actually the, the day where that many, many parish churches actually put up the Christmas trees. Oh, I didn't know so that. So our, ours, yeah. So okay. this is often not always. Why? This is like a hard fest. Um, I don't know. Okay. That's that's a piece of liturgical minutia that I'm not exactly sure about. I don't know if that's official, to be honest. I just know it's that. It's kind of a tradition, maybe. May, not just my parish, but yeah, maybe it might be a dispute tradition, but it could be. Okay. It. I think it might be. Might be more than that. Okay. So, Godite Sunday, which means what, Renee? Joy. Joy. So rejoice. rejoice. So this Sunday and what's what it, it's got a special. <laughs> did we talk about in ignition? Uh, the episode we did on um, Advent. Advent. Thank you. That's what the season is. Mm-hmm. Um, we <laughs> did we talk despite about despite the Christmas decorations. <laughs> did we talk about the official names of the Sundays in Advent? Yes. The first, second, third, and fourth. Yes, exactly. We, okay, we so did. official. <laughs> so official. Except third does have the option. Go to day. Right. Um, what else is notable about the third Sunday of Advent besides it having a special name? The uh, priests and the altar get decked out in rose. I was going to say pink, yes, but it's rose. Were. It's rose, <laughs> or technically even rosacea. Oh, okay. Uh, former uh, director of liturgy, actually, for the diocese, Nathan Knudsen, told me. Uh, it's not pink. It's not rose. It's rosacea. Rosacea. Oh, rosacea. I thought that was a disease, but okay. Yeah. Okay, that's. <laughs> <laughs> Let's try to keep the train moving down the tracks Sorry. here, Mrs. Kranz. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so, uh, yeah. So, so why rose or rosacea or pink? Uh, I do not remember. So it that. has a spirit of rejoicing, right? Uh, we see it again. And Lent, I believe the. Bill, do you remember which Sunday oh, of Lent? Oh, Bill. Is it the third? It's the second to last Sunday, isn't no, no, it? No. Oh, it's, it's, the it's sooner than that. It's but the what's fourth. it called? Let's see. No, this is. So it's well, Advent. We'll talk about Latari yeah, Sunday you. when we get oh, to okay. Lent. Latari Sunday. That one. Also, Rosacea, <laughs> Rose Pink. Um, because it's got, and that's for praise. That, that's more about praising God. This is rejoicing, but, but it's, it's a color that liturgically connotes joy, praise, okay. rejoicing, that sort of thing. So the, the, for Gaudete Sunday today, um, it comes from the, the entrance antiphon. Now we don't, we're not often familiar with the entrance antiphon. So this is something that his, historically uh, would be chanted oftentimes in Latin. So this is before Vatican II, when mass was in Latin, this would, would oftentimes be chanted or sung by the choir, but it was in Latin. So most people didn't know. Right. But it begins 
This is the Intertet Fund for this Sunday. I'm, I'm pretty certain every year. I don't think this changes year to year. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Indeed, the Lord is near. So it's from St. Paul's letter to the Philippians, chapter 4, verses 4 and 5. So Paul, in that letter, calls the Philippians to rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Indeed, the Lord is near. So for, I don't know how many centuries, this Sunday has just been marked by a theme of rejoicing. And it's especially reflected in this year's second reading, St. Paul's first letter to the Thessalonians, which begins, brothers and sisters, rejoice always. And then he goes on, pray without ceasing, in all circumstances, give thanks, and so on. So what, this is conjecture, this is not a quiz. This okay. is, I'm inviting you to just... Make something Ugh. up, which is what you normally do. <laughs> I'm really good <laughs> why, at that. This why, could be bad. <laughs> why, why, this might seem like a sort of obvious or therefore it's like too obvious, almost silly question, but why are we called to rejoice? Because our salvation is at hand. <laughs> that's, is, that, that's, is that what that says? <laughs> uh, well, you remind me of the entrance. Fine. Indeed, the Lord is near. Yeah. Our salvation is at hand. Mm -hmm. It's interesting that you put it that way because that is, it's, I don't remember where it's from scripture, but is at, our salvation is, is at hand, is near, is, yeah. is close. Um, okay. Just bear with me though. Duh. Duh. Right. Bears. Isn't it obvious? <laughs> Isn't it obvious that we're coming to close to Christmas? Why rejoice? Yeah. Well, I guess I'm, yeah, it's obvious. Advent I mean, is a yeah. penitential season. Right. So even though it's a short one, remember, we're approaching the Christmas season. We're approaching Christmas and the Christmas season. Rejoice. Remember what this is about. Rejoice. The Lord is near. Great stuff, Dr. B. Thanks. You bet. All right. Today on the show, I have with me Emily Leadham, who is the Executive Director of Catholic Family Services, and Caitlin Belden, who is a counselor for Catholic Family Services. Hello, ladies. Hello, Hello Renee. How are you? We're doing great. Happy Good. Advent. Yes. Ooh, Advent is so great. And we're coming up on um, the Pink Sunday. And how do you say that? Please God, help me. Is it Gaudete? Gaudete? I think. Yeah. I had uh, Bergwald, uh, Dr. Bergwald, sorry, Dr. Chris Bergwald <laughs> in the uh, studio a week or so ago, and I made him say it for me. <laughs> <laughs> Wise decision. <laughs> yes. Can you just please say that for me? Um, yeah. Advent. Uh, we're coming up on Christmas. So busy time. But we wanted to talk today, bring you guys in to talk about um, a topic that some people experience very heavily during the holidays, grief and loneliness, and this year might be worse than some others. Yeah, so we're going to talk about that a little bit. Uh, first, Emily, you are in a new role. Yeah. So I don't think I've had you on the show since you've actually stepped into your new role. So can you tell us a little yeah. bit about what you're doing now and, and yeah. how it's going? Yeah, probably not. So you, uh, a lot of our listeners will know me from my previous role as the Director of Marriage, Family, and Respect Life mm -hmm. for the diocese, which is a role that I just loved and um, really have a heart for families and for marriages. And about two months ago, three months ago, sometime in October, um, I read uh, the job description for the Executive Director of Catholic Family Services, and the Lord just really uh, prompted my heart, made it very clear that it aligned with a lot of the things that were um, – yeah, that the Lord was kind of speaking to me about. So it's been a real joy. I threw my hat in the ring and 
um, yeah, like I said, the Lord made it very clear that that's where he wanted me. So I get to work with awesome people like Kel, uh, like Caitlin, uh, Mary Weber is our clinical director. Mm-hmm. Who's amazing. And we just have an awesome, um, you guys have a great staff. staff. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's been a real joy to work with. Yeah. So we do a lot of counseling services, a lot of grief programming, that kind of thing. And really all at the service of human flourishing and mm-hmm. the desire to, uh, meet the human needs, uh, of formation. Right. Right. Good. And then we have Caitlin Belden. Caitlin is new to Catholic Family Services for about how long now? Um, about four months. Okay. So, Caitlin, will you tell us about your background, where you came, come from, why you came here? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, so, born and raised in the area. Um, my f- mom and dad still reside in Valley Springs, South Dakota. Okay. So, um, I graduated from Brandon Valley High School. Mm-hmm. Um as far as like my professional background goes, I spent quite a few years working at Children's Home Society okay. um, in a multitude of roles there. Um, and it was there that I decided that I would go back for my master's in counseling. Okay. Um, so recently graduating with my master's in clinical mental health counseling um, from Colorado Christian University. Wow. So, and happy to be brought on at Catholic Family Services. Yeah. Is this your first job since then? Since getting your master's? Yes. Okay, good. Good. Yep. Are you enjoying it so far? Yeah. Emily's not being too hard on you? No. Caitlin's <laughs> <laughs> hey, my go-to for things. I've got all these questions and things that, and we're both like, we're just figuring this out together, aren't we? Yep. Yeah. Sometimes that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. All right. So good. So we're going to um, talk with uh, Caitlin for the most part this morning. Um, and uh, Emily, you'll jump in wherever you feel the need, sure. if you would. Um, so as we said, the holidays can be a really difficult time for some people. They may have lost someone recently, or even even if it's been years, mm-hmm. especially if they lost them around the holidays, that can make it extra difficult. Um, this year, we have the added fun of COVID mm-hmm. and separation from our families in a lot of cases. Um, so what are some things that people are facing at this time of year as far as when they're dealing with grief and loneliness? Yeah, I think some of the biggest things that people face are um, bittersweet memories. I had my loved one here maybe a few months ago for like the past holiday um, or even just like the memories we build with families over the years. Mm-hmm. So bittersweet memories, um, triggers. Um, oh, okay. Can you tell me tell a little bit about that? Yeah. So kind of like seeing other people happy mm-hmm. or even if I'm talking to you, a conversation about like, yeah, I'm getting my dad this great gift. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, Oh, but I don't have my dad. Sure. And so then, you know, everybody around us is happy that it's the holiday season. There's all these great memories, but then that might not be the case for you. Right. And so we all talk and celebrate without recognizing that maybe the person next to us isn't doing that right. this season. And I think that's really difficult for for the rest of us because you don't you certainly don't talk about those things in a meaning to hurt anyone. Mm-hmm. You're just talking and and so it's very difficult to remember that some, you know, so we, we need to cognitively think, okay, you know, what's this person maybe going through and, mm-hmm. and maybe just take a step back once in a while. And, you know, you don't want to snub everything as far as keep not, not talk about anything, but just to kind of keep that in mind and maybe not dwell on a topic that yeah. might be, might trigger someone. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think too, part of it is even just being aware that if you're having the conversation, that person might be more silent and to let them mm-hmm. have that space, mm-hmm. not to try them pull, to pull them in or like, that's great advice, you know? Um, and another way that it is a trigger, like you were mentioning earlier, um, 
some people lost their loved ones close to a holiday. Mm -hmm. So then Christmas trees going up couldn't be a trigger. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Things of that nature. Sure. So I suppose there'll be people out there that you might invite to your home for Christmas. And if they say no, you maybe shouldn't. Don't press the issue if you know that there's been a recent death or or they you know you know that the holidays are difficult for them. You can always hope they'll come and and invite them, but um, pressing it might make it worse. Yeah, maybe absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And um, it's going it could make it worse, but also then they have the dual guilt of like, oh. gosh, I'm letting this person down, but then also I'm letting myself down if I go because. Mm-hmm. That's just not something I'm able to do right now. And Mm -hmm. so there's a lot of feelings of guilt in that. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think one way that we can help those who are grieving is giving them permission to grieve in the manner that feels best to them. Sure. And not in the manner we expect people to grieve. Sure. Because our expectations are always different than absolutely. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. So, is there anything else that they face that I that I that you I missed while I interrupted you? I'm sorry. (laughs) No, you're okay. (laughs) Um, The last one I'll mention is feeling lonely, and I think that that one is just a lot bigger this year Mm -hmm. because we have individuals who are being asked to isolate. Um, We have an elder population that's being told, like, "Hey, you can't leave these." Um, assisted living facilities Mm -hmm. that you're living in. um, And we aren't made as a human race to be in isolation. Mm -hmm. So that creates immense loneliness. Um, So I think that's a big one for this holiday season. And yeah, really. Yeah. Especially I know um, uh, probably one of the things you guys are seeing, and we didn't talk about this beforehand. I didn't uh, bring this up with you, but um, have you, been dealing with more people who might be considering suicide in your in your counseling and so on. Has that become a bigger issue in the last few months? Yeah, I wouldn't say we've seen a huge uptake in terms of specifically suicidal clients. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes within Catholic Family Services, we will refer those individuals to kind of the next level of care, care. Mm-hmm. because often, yeah, there's often um, just more that's needed. Right. Um, but I will say, I think the mental fragility has massively increased. Mm-hmm. Um, our our counseling numbers are record recordly high, um, and which praise the Lord, people are really seeking assistance. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a mental fragility and there's an anxiousness that I think we're seeing a lot of anxiety mm-hmm. and depression, um, which goes back to, you know, as Caitlin just was describing that loneliness. And I think especially around, um, big moments. Mm-hmm. So around holidays, whether it was Thanksgiving or coming up on Christmas or around the new year, um, that feeling of loneliness can really be heightened because of what our expectations are mm-hmm. of those times of year. Our expectation is to be surrounded by family, to be surrounded by people that we love. And if that's not the reality we're experiencing, then that loneliness can really um, uptake. So I know mm-hmm. nationally, those suicide yeah. rates absolutely are increasing and in, in individuals recognizing or acknowledging, hey, something's not right in me yep. is very high. Yeah. And I'm so glad to hear you say that I mean, although it's maybe not not a good thing that there's so many people who need counseling, but it's good that they're going to get it. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, ignoring it is not going to be helpful in the end. I would love for Caitlin. You said something to me a little while ago. Can I ask? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. (laughs) You said something to me a while ago in a conversation that I thought was so beneficial. We were talking about 
who needs counseling or the individuals that seek out mm. counseling and how yeah. oftentimes we put people that are seeking counseling kind of in this box of, wow, mm-hmm. they must really be struggling. And you just had some great insight into that that I'd love for you to talk a little bit about of like, no, counseling can be for for, for anyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, to go off of that, I just think that so often, like Emily was saying, we say, oh, go to counseling if you're experiencing anxiety or depression or um, just a multitude of symptoms. Like there has to be a symptom and that's why you're coming to counseling. Right. And so, and that's not true. Right. Yeah. Um, I think that counseling can also just be a place where you feel safe and you can just speak to what's on your heart. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe you just need somebody to help you discern what the next step is. Like, do I go to oh, college yeah. or do I take this job? Yep. Um, it doesn't always have to be about the An symptoms. Issue. Sure. I mean, we love to have clients of all diff- for all different reasons. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what we're here for. And so, um, and I think there's just such like grace in that mm-hmm. and not having to be like, oh, but my problem's not big enough. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't have enough symptoms <laughs> yeah. from that yeah. problem to yeah. go talk to someone about yeah. it. So. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, all are welcome. And um, even if you just need to come in and say like, okay, my mom needs to quit being a helicopter mom. <laughs> like, I just need somebody to tell Moms this to. Moms don't do that. Come on now. <laughs> I mean, mine doesn't, but. <laughs> That's funny. You know, but just a space. Um, it doesn't have to be anything big. Right, mm-hmm. right. If you're just joining us, I'm talking to Emily Leadham and Caitlin Belden, both from Catholic Family Services today. Um, okay, so. Are there some things that you can recommend that people can do to ease the grief, either the people who are feeling it or the people around them, and maybe a little bit of both, especially during this time? Yeah. So first I'll go with kind of like some tips for individuals who are grieving during this holiday season. Um, First, plan ahead. Um, And so by that, I just mean kind of know what events are coming up, what you've been invited to, and then kind of like know your meter of like, what can I make it through Mm -hmm. and what is not going to work for me this season? Mm -hmm. Um, Don't let other people determine what you should or shouldn't do. Mm -hmm. Right. And so um, maybe for me, like I want to go and do all the traditions I've always done with this loved one, Mm -hmm. but there's other individuals who are like, I cannot possibly complete this or do this without them. Right. And just have so much respect for that. Um, accept limitations. Mm-hmm. Um, so some of your friends are going to be like, yes, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. And then an hour before they're like, I can't do it. Right. You know, just being um, willing to receive that and mm-hmm. know like this isn't about me. Right. You know, don't take that personally, personally mm-hmm. if you're somebody who's not grieving. Right. Um, yeah. Be informed about attending events. So maybe it might be asking like, okay, Who's all going to be there? Because mm-hmm. I can come if I'm expecting the five people that I know and then showing up and it being 10 to 15. <laughs> it's like, right. ooh. Right. Which creates a whole different set of pressures for that right. person. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. And um, maybe you can manage the conversation with those five people mm-hmm. because you know them, but then the other 10 don't know what to say to you. Right. And so then you're not sure how to act. Um, it's just a different arena, yeah. Yeah. really. yeah. Um, and then two more, find time to rest. Oh, that's a great one. Yeah. So maybe if you're at Christmas with your family, you're like, you know what? 
I need to take a 30-minute break. Mm -hmm. Maybe you really love your in-laws, but they're kind of overwhelming. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's surely not possible either. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So you're like, I'm going to take a 30-minute walk Mm -hmm. and just find one individual that you can say, hey, I'm going to step out. If anybody asks, just say I'm taking a break. Mm -hmm. You don't have to tell everybody. Right. Because then they might want to join you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) Um, And then lastly, find ways to remember and honor the person who died. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a great thought. Um, I think we don't think about that all the time. Mm -hmm. I think uh, being in grief, you might just be thinking about, I got to get through this. But that's a great way to work through it, I'm sure, Mm -hmm. is to honor them some way. Do you have some suggestions on ways to do that? Off the top of your head? Um, I think it just depends on the individual and kind of what you did together. Um, it might be setting out a little chair and just saying, like, this is a spot for my loved one that's mm-hmm. not here. Mm-hmm. Um, it might be, I know this is a kind of an example. Um, I had a sister that passed away when I was 12 and she was nine at the time Mm -hmm. and she has a twin sister who um, is still here with us. Um, And on her birthday, she always buys yellow roses to remember. Yeah. Um, And so kind of like things like that, maybe Mm -hmm. you pick out a flower that's their favorite color and you have it as your centerpiece and that's your way of honoring them. Right. And sometimes those things might not happen right away. Like the first holiday or experiencing Mm -hmm. after that grief. It Mm -hmm. might come later, Mm -hmm. which is okay. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. I do want to say oftentimes the first year, um, you're just engrossed in more numbness. Um, and so the first holidays sometimes aren't as hard as the second holidays. Mm -hmm. And I don't say that to scare people, but just to have like raw honesty and that, you know, it, it can be more difficult because, you don't expect that right. second wave. Yep. Yep. And it really would take you off guard. Right. Yeah. 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 So are there some things that we can do to help the people who are struggling in our lives? Or did you give me all of those? Are there other things we can do? Um, well, I'll just talk about the permission too. Okay. okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, so not only as somebody who might be grieving, but as somebody who might be really um, sitting with somebody who's grieving, mm-hmm. um, giving them permission to change their mind. Okay. Um, giving them permission to take space, mm-hmm. um, giving them permission to cry. Oh, yeah. So often um, we, as humans, want to make it better, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so it's like, um, it'll be better, or what can I do to help you move on? And really, like, you just need somebody who can sit with you and let you cry. Mm-hmm. We don't need people to fix our hurt. Right, right. right. We need somebody who's going to be there with us. Right. And if it's a new loss, is it good? Um, I'm thinking of like if someone just lost someone in the last few months or so, if this is the first time you've seen them, is it good to recognize that, you know, say, I'm sorry for your loss or anything like that? Is it better to leave it alone, do you think? Maybe it depends on the person. I think it depends on the person. One thing I will say is as somebody who's lost an individual, it's nice to hear even, I'm still thinking about you. Mm-hmm. Um, because a lot of times there's like all of the um, engagements surrounding like the funeral and the wake and the couple weeks after everybody's bringing you food and then that mm-hmm. kind of dies off. Mm-hmm. And then you're still in it. Yep. By no means have you moved on or should you have moved on by that point. Right. Um, 
but kind of the world around you may have. Right. And so it's nice to even just hear, hey, I'm still thinking about you. Right. So people recognize that it's still there. Yeah. 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 I yep. agree. Um, are there some ways we can use our faith to guide us in our grieving? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I just say lean into Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, who knows pain and suffering better than he? Yeah, for sure. Um, I have one here, Hebrew 5.8, though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. Mm-hmm. Christ suffered for us. He knows that. Yeah. Um, he heals wounds of every shattered heart, mm-hmm. Psalm 147.3. Right. Um, so I think one of my favorite quotes is in the silence he speaks. Mm-hmm. So giving ourselves time to sit in silence with Christ and really handing it over to him. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite images is Christ died on the cross with his arms wide open mm-hmm. and he could have chosen to really pass in any manner, mm-hmm. but that's what that's he true. chose, yeah. right? And so his arms are always open, mm-hmm. always ready for the good or the bad. And only he can take the bad that we are feeling and living and experiencing and make it good. Right. We can't do that for ourselves. <laughs> right, right. And thank goodness he does it willingly and often. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So... um really being able to hand it over to Christ. Mm -hmm. And I think it's okay too. Um, Some people might be thinking like, I am so angry Mm -hmm. with God right now. How could he? Why? What if? All the questions, right? Mm -hmm. Which we know that God's not going to give us an answer to, at least not in a manner we want him to come. Not usually, (laughs) no. But he knows that. And so... I think it is so honest to just be able to give your anger to Christ mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you have to have it out with him just a little bit. Yeah. And then be done with it if yes. you can, or as soon yeah. as you can, and and yeah. accept the love. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Great. Great um, suggestions. Um, we only have about a minute. Okay. So what what can see what how what ways does CFS help in in grieving and loneliness? Yeah. I mean, we offer a couple of different grief programs throughout Mm -hmm. the year where individuals can come to. So we have Grief Share. Um, We just finished some holiday grief programs, Mm -hmm. but we absolutely always have resources if individuals are just wanting information, books, um, and then, of course, counseling. Um, When you come to Catholic Family Services, you can expect just like a comforting, warm environment. Um, hot chocolate or coffee. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I might stop down later. Right. (laughs) Um, And just a space. Um, Mm -hmm. We are here so you can be heard. Um, And I just want to say, like, we so much honor wherever you're at in your journey and would love to walk alongside you. um, Right. In that. Yeah. That sounds like a really good place to go if you really need it. I know I've met some, a few of the counselors and, Everybody down there is really great. So Absolutely. thank you so much for being here today, ladies. I went really fast. Yeah. Oh no my kidding. gosh. There's so much to yeah, so much to talk there about. There is. We could talk for quite a bit longer, but that is that is all the time we have. So I guess we have to stop. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for being here. Yes. All right. Uh, next week, my guest will be Dr. Chris Bergwald, our producer, Bill Seeley, and a secret guest. Bill's shaking his head. <laughs> and a secret guest. And we're going to have a Catholic Views Christmas show. So uh, we're going to talk about 
some biblical bites about Christmas. We're going to have a Christmas quiz. Some men, we're going to think about memories from our Christmases and just have a little fun. So I hope you will come join us next week for more Catholic news.